The 1990s were the salad days of gratuitous uncut action. Mortal Kombat had children pulling spines out of bodies and uppercutting opponents into a three-story impalement at the bottom of a pit. How crazy were the 90s? The Mall of America opened in 92. Have you seen that goddamn thing? It's godless. McDonald's started supersizing their french fries. That's violence. Washington, D.C.'s mayor was smoking crack on camera. And Senator Bob Dole started selling erectile dysfunction pills for your private parts. He was almost the president. Do you hear what I'm saying? The 90s were wild. And the 90s were the decade of the action star. Steven Seagal went back to back with Hard to Kill and Mark for Death. Jackie Chan hung Rumble in the Bronx and Rush Hour. Nick Cage had The Rock in 96, then Con Air and Face Off in 97. Will Smith had Bad Boys and Independence Day, Schwarzenegger had Total Recall and T2, and Sean Kemp had the Lister Blister and the Gatling Dap. An action hero is defined as the protagonist of an action film or other form of entertainment which portrays action, adventure, and often violence. Yeah, Sean Kemp is fucking Bruce Willis, Chief. This is First Ballot. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Neil, the long-lost Gasol brother, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, Spotify Sidney Moncrief, and today is a special episode because we're considering two moments for the First Ballot Hall of Fame. Two dunks from the same man, Sean Travis Kemp Sr. To appreciate a moment, you have to understand the moment, so let's hear the story. It's the first round of the 1992 Western Conference playoffs. The sixth seed gone but never forgotten, Seattle Supersonics, rest in peace and come back soon, are in Oakland to play the three-seeded Golden State Warriors. Just three years prior, Sonics power forward Sean Kemp was finishing high school. But in game one, Kemp is 10 of 15 from the field and runs Tyrone Hill out of the gym, scoring 28 points with 16 boards and three blocks. Hill and his backup, Alton Lister, both score zero points. Game two, still in the Bay. Warriors coach Don Nelson starts the taller Alton Lister on Kemp and doubles his playing time from game two. Lister clearly has the assignment to make Kemp's life difficult, and he's physical with the Rain Man all night long. In the third quarter, Kemp has an open runway and leaps for one of his signature dunks, but Alton Lister sprints over and shoves Kemp while he's in the air. Alton Lister has quietly done a very good job on Sean Kemp here in this ballgame. 28 the first half. Here we go. We're getting into it now. That's, that's not a smart play. No, Kemp think- is down. Bodies all over the place. Kemp and Lister get into a scrap. Coaches storm the court, the refs fight to separate everyone, and give Lister a flagrant foul, a 90s flagrant foul. Kemp is going to the basket, and here comes Lister, and Hardaway both got him, and here's the reaction. He pushes him. Lister got a little swing in there. And look like, who was that, Timmy Hardaway pulled him down from behind? The Warriors went on to win the game, and even the series won one. Kemp only makes five shots from the field, has four turnovers, and five personal fouls. Game three in Seattle, the Warriors continue to be physical in the post, and Kemp shoots 15 free throws. The Sonics take a lead in the fourth, but the Warriors come back. With 58 seconds left in a tie game, 124 to 124, and a tied-up playoff series, one game apiece. Gary Payton gets the ball on a two-on-one fast break, and of course, has the audacity to throw a 30-foot alley-oop. Up to Gary Payton, lead pass to Kemp Hill, play it down! What a lob! Whoa! Gary Payton with a lob ahead to Kemp! He went airborne, defied gravity! Lead it down with two hands, baby! Foul on the play! He will go to the line! 126, 124, 58 seconds remaining. What a play! The rain the NBA released the top 10 Peyton to Kemp alley-oops, and you just heard number one. 
But what's notable, Kemp is again fouled. Again on a dunk attempt. Again shoved while in the air. But this time, instead of Alton Lister, Kemp was pushed by Chris Gatling. Lister pushes Kemp in game two. Gatling pushes Kemp in game three. The Sonics win 129 to 128. And that takes us to game four. The scene of the crimes. The Warriors take an 11 point lead in the first, but the Sonics fight back. 35 to 34 at the end of the quarter. It's a great game, a classic playoff game. Tensions are high, great Seattle crowd. Second quarter, Sonics down one. Kemp snatches a wild pass from Ricky Pierce and attacks the lane. At the last second, Alton Lister rushes over and tries to take a charge. Ricky goes back to get it, fires it cross court. Kemp's got it right up into the alley. Power slam! Tomahawk jam! Yeah, baby! Into Lister's face, and the Sonics take the lead. 48-47. But what you can't see, because this is a podcast, Sean Kemp didn't just cock it back and boof it on Lister. He knocked Lister down and then pointed at him. He really pointed at him twice. Less than five minutes of game time later, in the same second quarter, Chris Gatling, who, if you remember, fouled Kemp on a game three alley-oop, swatted a Michael Cage shot attempt. Unfortunately for Gatling, the ball landed right in Sean Kemp's hands. Hit the deck. Cage deflected away, loose to the floor. McMillan scrapes it up, goes back, up he comes. Gatling swats it away. Kemp powers in with a jam. Gatling got a piece of it, comes up and says, wow, we did a job, didn't we? And they high-five each other. They really appreciate the talent. Appreciate the talent is right. Gatling actually squared up and approached Sean Kemp and then dapped him up. The dunk was so good, Chris Gatling had to shake his opponent's hand. The Sonics went on to beat the Warriors 119 to 116, eliminating Golden State from the playoffs. But more importantly, Sean Kemp went two for two on gorgeous, vicious revenge dunks action hero i believe these to be sean kemp's two finest dunks and i believe sean kemp to be a top five in-game dunker of all time no question these are great but which one is better is either of them a first ballot hall of famer here to help me answer all of those questions is one of the men behind my favorite basketball account on social media period one of the contributors to dunk comp Paul. Paul, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, thank you very much, Neil, for this opportunity. Uh, it's a privilege to talk to you. Uh, it's a real um, first-time caller. Uh, sorry, long-time <laughs> listener, first-time caller <laughs> moment for me. I've, I've, been a, I've been a fan of Got Him Coach for a decade now. <sighs> so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the chance to speak oh with you. Oh, my God, please. That's a very kind thing for you to say, but completely unnecessary and totally unwarranted. As you all can hear, Paul is Australian- what city are you in, and what time is it there right now? Uh, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, and it uh, is seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Oh my God! Why did you Why did you wake up at seven a.m. on a Saturday to do this? For this privilege. Oh uh, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> I tell him right out of the gate, you're a real dumb idiot. No, um, Paul. Paul, how Australian are you? Uh yes, I am. I am uh, fully a, a, a Australian. Um, <laughs> but can you quantify? It? Like how quantify? Quantify? It's 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 not it's not to the extent of um, you know, sort of uh, riding kangaroos to work. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I certainly consider myself uh, full-blooded. It would be better for the show if you rode a kangaroo to work. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do a we'll do a pickup on that line uh, a little bit later. No. Uh, before we get into our moment, before we get into our Hall of Fame credentials, tell everyone that's listening, tell everyone what Dunk Comp is and tell me why you started it. Sure. Uh, so Dunk Comp is a, is a team of three. Um, we're a bunch of basketball enthusiasts um, and I suppose we're committed to celebrating the relationship between the game and music uh, across multiple eras. What, um, what a great so Dunk what a great answer. Uh, Duncomp is led uh, by a gentleman um, by the name of Mike Corbett, um, and he's ably supported by an equally great man uh, by the name of Todd Orphan. And uh, I came along um, maybe two or three years ago um, just to help contribute uh, to the content that we share on social media. And so you guys are constantly posting uh, video clips, along, almost always, or no, always tied to music, I would assume. Yeah, the bulk of the um, the material that we share is uh, is you know, compilations of 
of highlights um, set to you know some of the songs that we enjoy listening to or have enjoyed listening to um, over the years. Um, and I think uh, it's equally about the music as it is the basketball. But as you well know, you know, sort of basketball and music have gone hand in hand for a very, very long time. One hundred percent. It is, if I may, for a moment. It is the um, logical modern extension of all of the VHS tapes I grew up with. NBA superstars, you know, Michael Jordan walking on air, whatever the heck that one was called. The, uh, it's it's it is it has the heart and the passion of those videos, but it's but it's modernized. And that's not to say that you guys won't use old school clips, but the energy, the edit style, the emotion, the obvious passion behind them. And the entertainment value of them as well is completely and directly tied to all of those videos, all of those VS, VHS tapes I grew up watching. It It's one of the very rare things in my life that takes me back, that harkens me back. I know most people like say that about food, you know, or, or movies like Star Wars will do that to me. If I, you know, once that scroll starts and the music starts, like I go, oh, right. I was like, I remember this from when I was a kid. But these videos, the feel of these videos, even though they're modern and with modern players, it takes me back to when I was a kid. I love your work. No, no, thank you, Neil. And you're 100% correct. We, we take our inspiration from those NBA entertainment products of the late 80s, early 90s when we were introduced to the game and how we consumed the game down here because we were limited in the uh, in the NBA. So I suppose the games that we, we received, it was basically you know, game a week, NBA action, and the NBA entertainment products. So, yeah, uh, our style is, is based on what we grew up on. Um, and, and certainly for me, I would then go on to be influenced by expired pineapples mixtapes yes. of the early yes. 2000s, yes. As, as well as uh, some others. But, yeah, David Ostramskis yes. of, of expired pineapples was a, was a huge influence. And, and then further on down the track, it was content on the Gotham Coach blog oh that uh, certainly uh, you know gave me some inspiration and uh, set the benchmark for what you know basketball content should look like um, so yeah I suppose that's that's where we take take our roots from Amazing. certainly so you guys didn't get as many NBA games but you you did have those tapes and so that's the style and the feel that you sort of picked up and learned yeah and I, I remember that you know the first one I watched was um, NBA Jam Session, you right. know, which was, and, you know, my, my father rented that from the local video store, uh, made a copy of it on Beta Max, and you just watch it until you wore it out. That's right. Um, I remember there was one called like NBA Bloopers and Practical Jokes that had Frank Layden, the old uh, Utah Jazz <laughs> general manager, doing like practical jokes and like yelling at the the ball boys and like the kids <laughs> holding the water on the sidelines. And I would just watch that every weekend and think it was the I was like Frank Layden is the funniest guy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> There's a, yeah, just just full slapstick action oh, in, in, in that yeah. one. <laughs> a lot of bloopers. It was just like kicking yeah. the ball out of bounds, and they'd be like, boy, boy. It, was, it was super fun. <laughs> I love those. I love that you guys are connected to that. Um, you mentioned David Estramkis and, and uh, expired pineapples. That is, a, let me touch on that for a moment. Expired pineapples and David Estramkis work was my introduction to internet video. So I was working on the internet, you know, sending emails and all that stuff. Like I was partaking of the internet, but like the first time I went to a web page and saw like a video that I remember clearly was watching a Sean Kemp highlight reel from Expired Pineapples on the internet, and I was like, oh, no, I get the internet now. Like, now I love the internet because this is like this, – this is how I would use it. We, we, yeah, we can't, we can't sort of proceed with this without mentioning that particular Sean Kemp mix, and I, and I feel the same way as you do. I remember seeing that for the first time pre-YouTube, pre-social media, yes, obviously. Yes, And just – having my mind blown, yes. you know, and the, the music selection in that particular yes. video is, is outstanding as well as the collection of clips. Um, and I suppose it, you know, for sort of older heads like yourself and I, uh, we talk about this with sort of a <laughs> great fondness. I'm not sure if the current generation would feel the same way, Fuck but, em. um, Fuck em. <laughs> also, how dare you call me old? No, <laughs> the, the, you, you, something that David does, and something that you guys do, like it's on prime display in all of your guys' work is, and not to get super nerdy, 
but all of your your plays and your edits and your dunks and the shots and the passes and even sometimes crowd reaction it's all exquisitely cut to the music it's all exactly on time and that you can feel that stuff when you watch it it's not something that you just enjoy appreciate you feel the rhythm you get like sucked into the rhythm of what you guys do tell me about your process how do you decide what videos to make and where do you get the videos from yeah no great great question so uh th there are various triggers that will start the, the process um for for shorter videos typically it's one of the plays of the nights and you know we'll 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 we'll, we'll cut that up um you know source video from typically the NBA's YouTube channel, and then find a song that, you know, sort of fits the vibe or right. even just a song that we're, we're enjoying at the time that we'd like to promote, you know, an, an, an artist that we think um, should, should get some shine. Um, right. But, yeah, a lot of the time the actual the, – the music might even drive um, the entire process, you know, in, enjoying a certain, you know, typically one-minute portion of a song and saying, hey – um, right. Let's try and find some footage that right. that, that, that fits this, this fits this vibe. Yeah, so it, that, it should, does that is not surprising. That's not surprising because it's so the work is so exquisite that I'm not surprised that sometimes it's like this music is driving this creative. Now let me go find something that matches this thing. It really is lovely. I I absolutely love your your work. Something else that you're great at is noticing trends, remembering that this guy's dad did the same thing. This guy from the 1990s dunked once with his left hand on a reverse, and then this guy did that last night. Who's got the recall to go, oh, I remember this thing, I remember this trend, I remember this moment from this particular player, and then they just mirrored it, and so I'm going to put the, I'm going to juxtapose these moments. Who's, who's the guy at Dunk Comp that's got this like amazing recall? Yeah, so I, I won't speak on, on, on Mike's behalf, but for me, it's having grown up, you know, in, in, in my sort of early teens and only consuming NBA action, like for some reason, what was in those half an hour seems to, you know, it's, it stayed with me because stayed of, because right. of the fact that it was such, you know, the, the footage was rare, you know, right. we, we couldn't get much more right. and you'd remember things that happened in top tens, you know, right. and we're talking about, you know, for example, we're talking about Sean Kemp, you know, my favorite Sean Kemp dunk is from a top 10, you know, it was, the one he had against the Lakers, where he went coast to coast, no yep. one stopped him, and he yep. absolutely hammered on. Yeah, yep. you, you, you know, you know the of one he does. Course. He does sort of that skip half travel mm -hmm. type. Yes, right in the uh, like right at the top of the lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that one there. So it's it's all these plays that you see. You know, I think it was on a Saturday morning, and, and they stay with you because either you re you, you tape NBA action and watch it again, or you go and try and replicate it out on a lower yes. rim yeah. in your backyard. So for me, it was just you know these. These plays stayed with me, and you're able to tap into that when you see some current players doing something similar. It stands out. It feels different. I really love what you guys do, and I'm so glad that you're back on Twitter and, um, of course, following you on Instagram. We'll get to all the plugs later, but everyone, Thanks. follow Dunk Comp, uh, Dunk Comp. It will bring you joy. The the, the Facundo Composito one is fantastic. Tisha Penichero, Marine Johannes. Those mixtapes are fantastic. I'm aghast you guys don't work for the NBA or for a specific team. You 100% should. It's just phenomenal content. No, thank, thanks, Neil. We, we, appreciate, uh, we appreciate that feedback. Paul, let's table set for a moment. Favorite sport, favorite team, favorite player? Yeah, so I, I suppose um, I was introduced to, to basketball at the age of about 10. Uh, so, yeah, you know, basketball quickly became my favorite sport. And it was at the tail end of Michael Jordan's first stint as a Chicago Bull. Right. So I, you know, I, I grew up a Bulls fan. So yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, I'm a pretty uninteresting sort of basketball fan. But that's 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 how the game was uh, um, presented to me at that impressionable age. Got it. And yeah, so he's I, a he's a bandwagon jumper. We know that about Paul now. <laughs> we can move on to the rest of the moment. We know that Paul follows around whoever's winning championships. Very, very much the case. Um, but I know you are. Um, you, you're one of the uh, the biggest Lakers fans that I know, and I, I certainly enjoy watching your commentary during the highs and lows of, uh, 
of, of like a fandom. Um, are the, and- are the lows too low? Are there too many lows? I feel like it's mostly lows. Uh, I think they're amplified because of the Maybe. prominence of the franchise and the storied history. <laughs> no, I mean, even and- specifically my lows, like even, oh, when the, okay. even when the Lakers are high, I'm low. Yeah. Your, your passion is unrivaled in my, in, in my books. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, uh, I, I don't know. You, you hold them to a high standard and that's, I'm a terrible to be expected. Follow. I'm a terrible follow. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Paul, let's get into our moment. Uh, and we do that by going through our Hall of Fame credentials. Those credentials are the categories by which we judge our moment and ultimately decide if it makes the first ballot Hall of Fame. The first credential is analytics. What are the stats that make this moment great? Now, let me, let me uh, walk through a couple numbers for you, Paul. In game four... Uh, the game where both of these dunks happen. Sean Kemp finished with 21 points, 20 rebounds, four blocks, and one assist. Eight of his boards were offensive rebounds, so he was all over the glass, all over the game. That's a pretty good line, and I think it adds to the greatness of these moments. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and I think uh, this series certainly heralds um, the coming of Sean Kemp as a premier power forward Agreed. in the West. You know, this is, I think it's his third season. Yep. And the numbers he puts up across this series, mm-hmm. particularly in game four with that 2020, um, are, are super impressive. His free throw shooting was outstanding uh, across these four games. At the time, I, you know, I've never lived in Seattle, Washington, so I didn't see a lot of Sonics games. But from my perspective, as an NBA fan at the time, that was, as you said, to me, it was like his coming out party. That was like first round of the playoffs, fantastic series, 2020 in a in a series clinching game. That to me, and those dunks as a part of it, were, were the Sean Kemp, I'm on the scene, I'm going to be fantastic, I'm not just a dunker, and I think that adds to this moment. I think, it, I think that makes it impressive. Another um, Sean Kemp stat, 47 free throws in this four-game series, almost 12 per game. And don't forget, you only shoot free throws after a certain number of fouls. So Sean Kemp was getting banged on in this game uh, and still had fantastic numbers and, of course, those two fantastic dunks. Yeah, I mean, he was he was 80% from the line for that series. It was it, 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 very impressive. And he was hitting those in the clutch. You look at game three yes. where he had that iconic alley-oop, you know, Peyton to Kemp in the last minute. Yes. You know, he converted the free throw on that play That's right. to, put him, to put him up. And I think he hit another two later in that, in that game as well. So, yeah, he could be relied upon. You know, he, he wasn't just a guy who would uh, give you the odd highlight. What happened to Sean Kemp's career? What happened to Sean? What happened to Sean Kemp? Uh, my, my understanding is the lockout happened uh, in terms of uh, his physical decline. Right. Do you have like a, do you have like an ATV accident? No, I, I, I think uh, his, his, his lifestyle took a, right. took a dive uh, he, came, and he, he came back uh, heavy. I, 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 yeah, he came back heavy. And I, I don't have the full details, so I don't want to speculate <laughs> yeah, right, as to what right. happened in uh, 98, 99. But, but, I mean, there were, there were issues there in Seattle when they, um, you know, I think he felt he was getting underpaid because of the Jim McElvain right. contract yes, situation. Right. Jim um, McElvain, if you don't know, I mean, I'm sure you could figure it out by his name. Jim McElvain was huge and white. And not very great, not very good at basketball. And he made a ton of money. He got a giant contract. And so Kemp was a little uh, miffed about that. Uh, next credential, next credential, the eye test. What did you see in either play that goes beyond the statistics, that goes beyond the analytics? What did you see in either dunk? Anything special that stuck out with you that adds to the greatness of the moment? It doesn't really need it to put it over the top, but the, you know, the double arm pump action point yes. at the end of it basically just you know it it solidifies it <laughs> as a top exactly. three all time in and, and again this is this is an obvious observation um, but you know I was looking you know going back looking at the dunk I was trying to look for anything that that stood out before the moment um, you know whether one of the one of the people in the crowd anticipated that something big was going to happen, um, whether one of his teammates were up off the bench early, right. that sort of stuff. Yes. But I, I, I suppose what sets Sean Kemp apart 
as a dunker is his appreciation for the aesthetic of the dunk yes. and the personal style yes. and the flair yes. and you know where your limbs are yes. when you're when you're dunking That's what you're right. doing after yes. you're dunking yes. and he does it all he does it's just uh, it epitomizes this dunk epitomizes the Sean Kemp experience yes he you know he catches the ball uh, at the three point line he, he he comes in with aggression he cups it to his chest <laughs> As he elevates, he unfurls the ball. Oh. Lister's late. He, you know, extends his arm, does this half windmill, and then there's the whole theatrics post dunk. Now that, <laughs> that is Sean Kemp in a nutshell. Well um, done, well done. You're you're exactly uh, right. Sean Kemp, it's aesthetics is the right word. Sean Kemp understands how he looks on camera. Yeah, it's it's yep. a it is a gigantic part of who he is. You're absolutely right to bring that up. He is to me. It's him and Shaq go head to head in terms of post dunk celebrations, understanding what to do after the dunk. I think it's a. I think it's a big deal. It, it is a huge deal, and his repertoire was incredible. He's got this this complete range of gestures yes. and uh, expressions uh, that I mean, you just don't know what he's going to do. That's you know? right. And, and and we've got two here. We've got two completely different ones. Where right. One where he's humiliating his opponent, <laughs> and the other one where he's acknowledging, um, you know, <laughs> he's, t- he's taking, he's receiving appreciation from uh, from from the guy he just dunked on. It's, I mean, it's, they, it's, they can't be further from <laughs> from each other. You're exactly yet. right. That that shows his range. The guy, he might be like the eye test king in terms of. NBA players because he he would put on a show. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And if if you go back to I think one of those NBA Super Slams videos, you know he's 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 on record saying I I am an entertainer. You know, I love he, it. he like you said he, he acknowledges it, and um, he just does it so well. And if you go if you go back, you can watch his top hundred dunks, but don't watch the dunks. Just what just watch what he does afterwards. Yes. And there's no repetition there. It's 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 a different reaction every time. I really feel like the pre-dunk theatrics, particularly in the dunk competition, uh, those have ruined the dunk contest because pre-dunk celebrations, pre-dunk theatrics raises the bar too high. The, the white space, the green fertile pasture of dunking is after the dunk. If you dunk and then celebrate, whatever you come up with, that's when it will play. Particularly if on your first attempt, you dunk it successfully in the dunk contest, you land and then you do the celebration, that will be just as viral as you taking off your jersey to reveal D. Brown's jersey or you're putting on Timberlands. Like th- That stuff to me is like corny and almost raises the bar too high. The post-dunk celebration, it's where it's at. I have long stood that someone needs to dunk a basketball in the dunk contest, land, and then like walk over and like pick up a large uh, pizza, like an uncut large pizza, and just start eating it <laughs> without cutting it into pieces. And to me, that would be spe- like that would be as special as anything else you could do other than the dunk. Post dunk celebrations are where it's at, and Sean Cap is the prince. He's the, he's the king. He's 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 the legend of that. That's right, and uh, and and for and for a more recent example, it's Vince Carter in two thousand. You know those 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 reactions that he has after nailing those on on either the first most of them are on the first attempt. I think you know it's 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 where the um it's where the value is at, not 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 the pre that's right uh, pre activity right. <laughs> shenanigans. Nobody remembers that garbage before. It's when Vince points up at the ceiling. It's him going. It's over into the camera. Those are the things you remember because they came after a great dunk and you had something loaded up as a reaction afterwards. That's where it's at, NBA players. Post-dunk celebrations work on them. Sean, King, uh, Sean Kemp's the best. <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit more about the point, the point at Alton Lister. You mentioned it. How did you refer to it? You called it like a, a uh, double cock. A double, like, uh, double arm pump action sort of. <laughs> that's <laughs> it, right. It, I've never seen anyone else do it. Never. <laughs> never. He points at him and then he really, he kind of points twice because he points at him and then you're right. Like pump action. 
<laughs> points at him again. It's so, and he's really, he's squatting down and he's really like looking at him. He's like almost like smiling and he's really giving it to him. Like there's no question he's having fun in that moment and trying to show Lister up. Yeah. And, and the timing's impeccable. He, he's doing it as Lister is trying to, uh, compose himself yes. and and gather him gather his corpse from the baseline where he's ended up um and Kemp's giving it to him as he's sort of getting up and he's sort of getting a face full of Kemp sort of just gesturing at him you're, it's uh, you're absolutely right and, and another thing in terms of the eye test is the camera work that camera on the baseline for the replay does it doesn't stay with Kemp as Kemp points? The camera whips over to find Alton Lister getting up onto his ass, and he's like clearly dazed and confused. And it comes back to Sean Kemp for the pump action double point. It's just like the camera work in that helps make the moment something that you remember forever. Oh uh, yeah, that's um that's very important acknowledgement there of the uh of 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 whoever was operating the camera down there. It's um yeah, it's perfect. I questioned whether Kemp was having fun. I questioned whether Kemp, whether it was just pure theatrics or whether that was truly a revenge dunk. And then I heard this. The only guy that showed up was the Lister Blister dunk. Well, but they you put know. the hard files in, and I did. I, 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 I wanted Alton to feel that one. Well. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt that Sean Kemp was trying to get Alton Lister back. And it's 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 the ultimate revenge. It's 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 within the rules of the game. Yes. It's it it's um it's spectacular. It's uh and it's um I mean we're here thirty years later talking about That's it. Right. So I think revenge is the more I do this show. I think revenge is a common theme. If there's re- if there's revenge involved, it instantly raises the chances that a moment will make the Hall of Fame. There's just something to consider. Everyone listening. The, the other thing to discuss, as you mentioned, the flip side of this coin, the Chris Gatling dunk. Sean Kemp just absolutely yokes on Gatling. And as he lands in, in a very Sean Kemp way, sort of squares off against Chris, Chris Gatling and sort of looks at him like, what are you going to do? Like, there's just that moment, that thick, like, tension moment where Kemp hammers it, lands, positions his body in a way to like you know create the fun and there's that moment of like what's going to happen and then Gatlin comes over and daps him up and shakes his hand out of respect it's an incredible moment and again as as a young and impressionable uh um (laughs) man at that time um yeah I, i i vividly remember uh you know that acknowledgement um from gatling and that moment uh that they shared um, after that dunk and the immediate events before that dunk is Gatling throwing Nate McMillan's shot out of there right so uh, you know Gatling for that series I think averaged over two blocks a game at I don't know what was he six eight six nine yeah the, I think that the, there might have been some acknowledgement on Kemp's part as well it's like you right. know I, I, I appreciate what you've been doing yes. you know I love that you, you, you have been protecting the rim particularly you know during this season so um yeah I, I got you this time sort of thing yeah um, i love that you're right there's like a, there's a there's an agreed upon respect between the two of them gatling had 14 and 12 in game four so he played well yeah. off the bench and he was very active the entire series you're absolutely right i love this paul you're nailing this podcast you did no idea what to do you're absolutely nailing it i appreciate it <laughs> thanks the next credential the ear test what did you hear? What did you hear in this moment? We're talking about this is audio, but you can go watch the video. They're all on the Instagram at first ballot HOF. Please check out all the clips. What did you hear in either of these moments that added to the brilliance of them? Uh, I, I think when uh, when I see Sean Kemp footage, regardless of what dunk it is, Say I hear I know Kevin what you, Calabro. That's exactly right. I, I hear Kevin Calabro, and he's an incredible caller. He's of the best. These of these moments um and he just does each of these plays um yeah he does them justice he he uh, really does i love you're absolutely i knew the second you started talking i was like there's no way he's not (laughs) there's no way he's gonna let me say kevin calabro's name first he's a hundred percent gonna say it and you're exactly right kevin calabro in my opinion could be the best nba announcer of all time 
He is lightning fast and very clear play-by-play like Chick Hearn, but he's also the very obvious precursor to Kevin Harlan and Gus Johnson. He uh, is a Kevin legend. Harlan, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ke- Kevin yeah, Harlan uh, owes his entire career to Kevin Kelly, bro. <laughs> I'd love, to, I'd love to, to know if there's any sound bites there um, out there of Kevin Harlan speaking about um, Kevin Calabro because it, he, the style is, you know, so similar. But yeah, like you said, Calabro, he's he's so clear, and you know, and and his speed and his, yes. um, you know, he's, he's the, the, yeah, just just the way he calls these dunks, it, it's just a perfect uh, accompaniment to to the play. I love basically, it. and yeah, it, it just it just generates. It adds to the hype, I suppose. It, it adds to the Completely. to the spectacle. A hundred percent. The 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 call on the lister is, and I'm gonna have you play it here, Robbie. Power slam, tomahawk jam, yeah, baby, into Lister's face. <laughs> play it here, Rob. Jeff's got it right up into the alley. Power slam, tomahawk jam, yeah, baby, into Lister's face. Power slam, tomahawk jam, like those rhyme it's like a sing-songy like power slam tomahawk jam i love the use of the word power you like it's not just a slam it's not just a dunk it's a power slam and then to follow that up with tomahawk jam and you're hearing it he's going through play by play and then just riffing this stuff live for those things to have that sing-songy rhythm to them i just think is lovely and perfect also when did we stop calling dunks tomahawks uh yeah good question good question because uh kemp had some good ones and uh maybe that's when it ended maybe when sean kemp retired they were like you don't get to call these things tomahawks anymore because sean kemp has left and when dominique sean kemp and now no one gets to use the word tomahawk uh and uh, it's just a, a great comment about uh the rhythm and the way he calls these plays um with that sort of structure that he uses. Um, And then to to follow it it up with, yeah, baby, Rob, play it here. I mean, it's just so, he's really digging in on yeah, baby. And then the last thing is he goes into Lister's face. It's not just in Lister's face. It's into Lister's face. Like in my head, he's dunking it into Alton Lister's body. It's not just, it's not just in his face. Alton Lister doesn't just see it. He has to accept the entire thing. That it feels like Lister's eulogy, doesn't it? It's, yes. Uh, it's... <laughs> and, by, and by the by, correct me if I'm wrong, I, uh, I would pay $1,000 to the person that can remember anything Alton Lister did in his entire career other than this moment. Yeah, well, all, all I happen to know is the, is the game too foul now. So right. that's, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's two go. moments for me. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, can we go back to Lister? Yes, please. There's, there's just there's just one there's just one um, link between Lister and the Sonics that might be worth mentioning, please. and that's um, uh, you know Lister was traded from the Sonics to the Warriors for a first round pick, and that first round pick went on to be Gary Payton. I didn't realize that. So hold on. So Lister plays for the Sonics. They trade him to the Warriors, and the uh, Sonics get a pick back, and that's the pick they use to take Gary Payton. Yes. Fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. I had no idea that's the case. Look at that. You really did research for this, Paul. Oh, it was it was fun. Listen, <laughs> you didn't have to. You didn't have to. This show is bad right now, and I appreciate you making it better. Thank you so much. Um, the next – oh, the other thing I want to say when we think about ear test is um, Kevin Calabro acknowledging – the moment shared between Gatling and Kemp that the two of them appreciated it. And it wasn't, he didn't even play it up as like, you know, putting down Gatling. He said, these two guys are appreciating that they created this moment. And he's exactly right. That's what that moment is. It's two artists, two athletes of the highest order going, Hey, we did it. That was fantastic. Yeah. And, 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 and clearly, you know, Calabro uh, sensed, that um that mutual respect in in that moment which is probably not that easy to do from Agreed. you know where he was where he was sitting um i but, i feel yeah. like the 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 i feel like the the general response to a moment like that is to make fun of the guy that got dunked on and he yeah. he didn't and i think that 
genuinely, I mean this, I think that adds to the moment. It wasn't just a dunk and, oh, man, he, that guy just had to eat that dunk or whatever you're going to say. Uh, he acknowledged that these two guys understood that that's a play that will live on past this game, and it do certainly does. The next credential moving on is you mad. Rob, play my camera on clip. You mad, you mad, you mad. Did this play make anyone mad? I I don't think it really did. I don't think anyone was mad. I, I think it would have been I, – I think that may be the biggest detractor against these moments is that I kind of wanted Lister to be furious, to see him be angry, and then Gatling is the exact opposite of mad. He's appreciative. Yeah, I, I think uh... – I think Lister's acknowledged defeat once he's hit the ground. You know, once he finds himself sprawled on the baseline, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been had here. Um, <laughs> I've been and there's had. Not much, there's, <laughs> and there's not much, there's not much I can do from this point. Um, and yeah, Gatling certainly is expresses the opposite, um, where he's like, "I'm not mad. I'm, uh, I'm impressed." <laughs> one of one of my favorite, one of my favorite general moments in NBA games is when. The, t the opposing team or whoever's you know taking it on the chin in the moment has to call a timeout. Big run, big dunk. Hold on, we got to call a timeout. I love it when they call a timeout and you just hear the the crowd come to their feet and the music is pumping and the energy is just through the roof. I love those timeouts because you 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 the game goes to commercial and you're just like so excited. You're like hot and warm. You're like oh my god, this is great. And after after the Lister blister. The Warriors have to call a timeout. But out of the timeout, the first Sonics possession, Lister does foul Kemp one more time. He does foul him again, which made oh. me think, like, if he had, like, shoved him or made it a super hard foul, it would have made me enjoy this, and I, I think it would have fallen into you, Matt. But in the moment, particularly getting pointed at and really um, uh, shown up in that Lister-Blister moment, Lister isn't as mad as I'd like him to be. <laughs> no, he certainly isn't. He's... Uh... He's, he's, he's defeated, basically. The next credential is the test of time. Let's compare these dunks against other moments like it in history. I can't wait to hear what you have to say here, Paul. This also might coincide with our devil's advocate category, which is the reasons the Kemp dunks, one of these Kemp dunks, or both of these Kemp dunks, should not make the first ballot Hall of Fame. What are the other great dunks that you remember, Paul? And are they better or worse than either of these two Kemp dunks? So, you know, during this period, sort of a four or five year stretch, we were blessed with some pretty significant playoff dunks. Um, <laughs> you go back the year before and it's Jordan shaking Starks and Oakley and then finishing over Ewing. Right. Um, 90, then, you know, 92, we've got the Lister Blister. 93, you've got Starks on three bulls maybe <laughs> in, in, in you know, I think it was game two of the, yes. the conference finals. Yes. And then 94, you've got Scotty Pippen over Patrick Ewing in game six yes. um, of, of that series. Uh, so it's a pretty incredible run. Um, and I suppose I should acknowledge Kevin Johnson on a large one I was well. I was just going to add that, Paul. I was just going to yeah. add that. <laughs> Kevin Johnson boofing on Olajuwon is like this, maybe the best defender that's ever played in the NBA. And then Kevin Johnson leaps onto his shoulders and just smashes it on his head. That I was just going to, that is one of my favorite underrated dunks in NBA history. I've probably got the list of blister second behind <sighs> Pippen on Ewing. Wow. Um, wow. I don't, I don't know how that sits with you. Um, wow. But, uh, yeah, I've, it's... I love, I love that you have it that high. I, I mean, to me, that, that Lister Blister is that high on your list, I think, says a lot. For you to have Lister Blister 2 on... Am I, am I correct in saying this? That the Lister Blister is your second favorite dunk of all time? Pl playoff dunk. Playoff dunk. Playoff dunk. Got it. Playoff dunk, yeah. Do you yeah. have a favorite? Uh, like, do you have a dunk that you go, this is my favorite dunk? Uh, in, in terms of Sean Kemp, I certainly No, do. no, no. Um, do you have it for oh. anyone? Oh. Yeah, you take a breath. Take a moment and think about this. This is a big question. Uh, no, this, this is a question I should have prepared for. No, no. I mean, um, listen, I'm, I'm springing this on you, but we're going to find out what no. comes to your mind here. And, and to me, that is kind of how we should consider this. There's a, there's a, and I think this podcast is about this. It's about diving into the moment because as you watch a highlight, that's all you remember. You remember the way it was shot. You remember the position the players were in from the video that you remember watching, but you forget about the moment and like what led up to that 
time, that dunk, that moment, that play, whatever it is. And so this podcast is about diving into that and figuring that out and, and seeing if it adds to the greatness of the moment. But the truth is, in my head, the thing you remember at the top of your brain, that's 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 greatness. That's greatness. Like the the the, the you know, are there the things that pop into your head and, and flow to your head when you're considering something like this have to be given credence as truly great because they are the things that float to the top of your head. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, I thank you for some uh, for some thinking time. Um, <laughs> I, I have to say, my my favorite dunk, and it's certainly not the best dunk of all time, um, and probably not in people's top ten, is. Uh, Gerald Wallace over Boston Nakbar. I love it. In the, yes. I don't know, 2003 or 4 preseason or Come something. On. Come on, Paul. You're really doing it this episode. You're really doing it. <laughs> and, and and for the reasons that, that you know, we've already discussed, it's, it's the aesthetic. Yes. You know, I think Wallace catches the pass at half court. He does this sort of skip because he knows he's got an open runway in front of him. He takes off from God knows how far out. He gets up ridiculously high. Um, this is, again, pre-YouTube, pre-social media. I remember watching it on the NBA site and taking, you know, it took 20 minutes to load um, <laughs> on dial-up. But, you know, he goes up, Nakba's just in the wrong spot. And <laughs> the wrong it, it, doesn't, spot. it doesn't impede Wallace's upward trajectory. He keeps going up. He throws it down. And then the landing, he sticks... Wallace sticks this ridiculous landing. Yes. Nakbar goes sprawling. Um, and, yeah, it's got a special place in my heart, that one. What um, a great answer. What a great answer. Uh, a couple, we, a couple uh, that I like. And, again, these, you know, you, when you think about these dunks and you compare them against Kemp, you really got to think, like, which of, the, which of these are the best? Which of these are making the haul? Two of uh, my favorite. One, we already did an episode with Jason Concepcion on Shaq on Dudley. Shaq, yep. just yep. absolute – just fucking two-hand power and then shoves Dudley out of bounds. That's just phenomenal. It's just on another planet, fantastic. And then also, as a Laker fan, Kobe on Nash. For Kobe to lose that MVP award and then just absolutely have Steve Nash's face at Kobe's knees and to dunk it and to hang up on the rim, the and one, call the foul on Nash, just fantastic dunks. And when you start considering all the great dunks that you guys know, and if you have great dunks, send them to us on social media. Send them to our Twitter. But as you start considering these, and, and this is what's important, and I want you to know this, Paul, as we keep going through this episode, not everything can make the first ballot Hall of Fame. We have to have a bar. You can't just put it in there because it's like, oh, it's great, it's fun. We have to be discriminant. We have to, we have to, we have to hold the first ballot Hall of Fame in an esteem. We can't just let everybody in. No, I, I totally agree. That that bar has to be set high. The next credential is the X factor. Is there something else that adds to this moment's greatest? Is there some sort of unknown quality that adds to this moment's greatest? I think there are. Let me pitch a couple to you. One, these dunks happen in the same game, a closeout playoff game. That just, like, Giannis wins the NBA Finals with a 50-ball and, and, and closes an NBA Finals, wins a championship on a 50-point game. That's phenomenal. But to me, Sean Kemp just absolutely smashing on these two guys, having these fantastic, beautiful, gorgeous dunks in a closeout game makes it unreal. And you mentioned the NBA's top sort of Sean Kemp dunks. Uh, number five and number one. That's what these are ranked. The, the, the Gatling Dap is number five. And the Lister Blister is, according to the NBA, Sean Kemp's greatest dunk. Uh, a lot to consider. The other thing that I find absolutely fascinating about these, they are about five minutes of gameplay apart. They're in the same quarter. I want you to, to, to think about and consider for a moment, Paul, what it would be like if that happened today with social media. The, the, the Twitter test, right? Yes. Yeah. You, you, you apply the Twitter test to, the, to, to, that, to that, particularly the Lister Blister, and um, – yeah, the response is phenomenal. I mean, it's it, it's a playoff game, so everyone would be, you know, there'd be more eyeballs on it. Um, and the fact that you've got not only the um, the the impressiveness of the dunk itself, but what happens afterwards. Yes. I mean, that's getting gift in an instant. A hundred percent. 
and uh, and just I mean and just on that, like I enjoy seeing on my Twitter feed uh, the Kemp point at Lister gif with the Gotham coach watermark on it when people are trying to express uh, this sentiment of domination or uh, <laughs> uh, you know that, that that that's that sort of feeling and it's being still used today. So if yeah, if, if it happened today and you apply the Twitter test, I, I, I think the response is phenomenal. Electric. I mean, the, in, in, in you're right. They both, like to me, I think about Lister Blister and I go, that's like the video that just is, uh, you know, a, just a viral monster, just a terror that night. And Gatling, that sort of dap is just like perfect meme uh, worthy content to be like, well, you got me, but what can I do other than legitimately shake your hand? I, they're just fantastic moments. There's a couple of small other things that occur in that play that I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't think they contribute to to its uh, its its overall um, standing in 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 the, in, the, in the Hall of Fame. But have you watched Billy Owens on that play? No, I'm not a defensive specialist, so I'm, <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to be overcritical. But Billy Owens is um, on which is dunk? at the top. On the, sorry, on the list of blister. Okay. I can't. I can't wait it, to hear it, what you have to say. I've it, never watched it, Billy Owens doing this. So, so Ricky Pierce pitches the ball out of the corner yes. to Kemp, who's sort of around the three-point line. Right. Um, Owens is sort of on the right side at the top of the key, and he sort of makes a shuffle across to maybe get in front of Kemp, but he's a little bit out of position. So, as he sort of moves towards the center of the lane, he raises his hand. Uh, he raises his left hand, and what it appears is that it looks like he's ushering Kemp towards the basket. It almost seems like he's guiding him to this clear path. And, he, and, and his left hand remains up all the way through the dunk. There's Billy Owens just standing in the lane with his left hand up saying, here you go, Sean, this is, um, this is the most direct route to um, – <laughs> I have to, to the watch best dunk this. Of your career. Let me. Oh my God! I love. Let me. I have to watch this because I want to uh, see, see. See what you think. See what you I'm think. I mean, Chris Mullen also takes a step to the left and out of the way, but that's yeah, that's understandable. All right, I'm playing this right now. Let me watch. Where's Billy? I'm trying to. Okay, here he is. <laughs> yeah, he really olays him. He has no designs yeah, on light. stopping him. He just completely olays him. It's like, well, you've already beaten me the hole. There's no way I'm working to get back in front of you. Uh, he's not even close to a defensive stance. Please, no, again, no. if you haven't seen it, if you want to watch it again, go to the Instagram, at First Ballot HOF. That's a very funny note. You're exactly right. Billy Owens just escorts him into the lane for that dunk. You can make the argument that three of Sean Kemp's best four dunks, including that great alley-oop that finishes game three, and the two phenomenal dunks in game four that we're discussing now, three of his best four dunks within two days of each other, within 48 hours, it's just an electric moment. The next category, and I realize, Paul, you might have other things that you've, you've done so much research, I don't want to usher you towards the finish line, but the next category I have on my credentials is the cosine. That's when we come to you, Paul, and go, does the Lister Blister or the Gatling Dap, does either of them or both of them belong in the First Belt Hall of Fame and why? Uh, which so one? With the list. Which one are you putting? Which one are you voting for? Are you voting for both? What are you going to do, Paul? Uh, so without any sort of hesitation or reservation, the Lister Blister, <laughs> in my opinion, is uh, – First ballot Hall of Fame. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't recall any other moment where a player has come down the lane, cupped the ball the way Kemp has yes. done, unfurled the ball, and then sort of splayed his limbs. Uh, you know, he, he, Lister may as well not have been there. He came across late. He doesn't get up off the ground, and Kemp just goes over him and through him. The only thing that goes close, I think I recall, uh, you know, Garnett doing similar dunks in his prime, you know, around that MVP Garnett yes, era yes. where he'd come through the lane and have the ball tucked in, but not with the flair that Kemp had, yes. certainly not with the theatrics that Kemp had. And Garnett had a far nastier streak to him than, than Kemp did. Kemp had a bit of fun to him. Yes. You know, he, he, he wasn't as sort of uh, vicious. Right. In the way Garnett was vicious, but no, no, I, no hesitation with um with 
uh, nominating uh, the list of blister for the um, I appreciate that. I will take that into consideration, Paul. What about the Gatling death? I, I, hold on, hold I on. I'm sorry. It, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I do want to say you use the word unfur- furled is the operative term. You've used it twice, and you are exactly right. He unfurls the ball to dunk it. He's got it cupped. I have those words in my research as well. Cupped okay. and furled unto unfurl the dunk. That's just a word that you don't get to use correctly a lot and it is a hundred percent the right word he unfurls that dunk it adds to it i appreciate you using the word unfurled now thank thank you now what about the gatling dap i don't think the gatling dap gets in oh my god Uh, only because uh we have well we have attempted to set the standard high right for 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 what right uh for for what warrants entry into the 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 first ballot yep. Hall of Fame, yep. and given that the dunk on Gatling is, well, it's his top five Kemp dunk, but you know certainly I have other Kemp dunks ahead, ahead of it, um, and I think uh, I think it would be unfair on Gatling <laughs> to have it in there only because you know he sort of threw the shot out of there and was coming to challenge again, right. um, possibly out of out of position a little bit. Um. Yeah, I I don't think it gets in. I, I, it's it's an incredible dunk, an incredible moment. However, I don't think it uh, it it meets the bar. Paul, I so much appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate you waking up at seven a.m. in Australia. I appreciate you doing research. I appreciate how much you seem to care about this very stupid premise and this stupid Hall of Fame that doesn't exist. You are treating this seriously. I thank you. You have my thanks and my appreciation. Now, it is time for the induction speech. This is when I, Neil, your host, the long-lost Gasol brother, take into account everything that we've talked about, all of the Hall of Fame credentials, certainly Paul's cosign, and I and I alone have to decide whether one or both dunks make it into the first ballot Hall of Fame. I've appreciated everything you've said, Paul, but to a certain degree, it's meaningless because I have to make this decision. And let me tell you, for most of these episodes, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of already leaning a certain way. Up until this point, the point of this record, I have not had a guest or our conversation and going through the credentials change my opinion that I had prior to, which was leaning one way or the other on whether the moment would or would not make the the hall. On this one, I did not know. The reason being, Chris Gatling, the Gatling Dap, that is my favorite Sean Kemp dunk. I am absolutely overwhelmed and taken by an, an opponent going, that was great. That was great. That was fantastic, man. I'm not even going to just say it or acknowledge it with a nod. Or I'm going to walk to you. When you have created this tension and this energy and posing in front of me, I'm going to walk to you and give it up, man. That is my favorite Sean Kemp dunk. Followed next by his double pump behind the head, over the head uh, dunk in the lane against the Knicks, which I'm sure you know, Paul. Of course, you're smiling, laughing, enjoying it. That is my second Sean Kemp dunk. Lister Blister is third. So as we started this episode, I thought, It would say a lot about this podcast. If I go get rid of the Lister Blister, let's take my favorite dunk, which is this moment between Gatling and Gatling dapping up Kemp. It's going to say a lot about what type of show this is if I get rid of the Lister Blister and just lean into the Gatling dap. That said, in listening to you, Paul, and everything you've said, including your cosign, I'm changing my vote. I am going to induct the Lister Blister Sean Kemp's dunk from game four of the playoffs against the Golden State Warriors into the first ballot Hall of Fame. And it is with deep, deep respect and appreciation for both Sean Kemp and Chris Gatling that I say the Gatling Dap is my favorite Sean Kemp dunk of all time. And he's one of my favorite dunkers with the possible exception of Shaq, my favorite dunker of all time. I love Sean Kemp. He was my foray into internet video. 
but I cannot put the dap in because we have to keep the bar high. Lister Blister in. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Neil. I thoroughly enjoyed my time talking to you. You're just fantastic. You were a great guest. I really appreciate it. What can we plug of yours on the show? What should people do? Uh, so if, if you are interested in seeing uh, some of our videos, um, you can go to YouTube and just search Dunk Comp. It should be the, the first result. Um, we're on Instagram at, at Dunk Comp. Um, and we're also on Twitter uh, at Dunk Comp also. But the O in comp is a zero. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, 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 if you like... Uh, sort of nostalgic basketball um and, it's more uh, than that too it's it's exquisite <laughs> editing work it's it's the work and passion of true fans you, you feel it you watch it it's special content d-u-n-k-c-o-m-p on instagram and d-u-n-k-c number zero mp on twitter uh, and then Dunk Comp on YouTube as well. It's truly, I love it. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm a giant fan of your guys' stuff. I really love it. I wish I had something to do with it. And thanks so much for coming on the show. You were great. Thanks again, Neil. That's it. That's the show. Many thanks to Paul and all the fine people over at Dunk Comp. It is the best basketball content. And special thanks to Tremendous Upside on YouTube for uploading Sonic's Games. First Ballad is edited by the unstoppable Robert Rucci. The show is produced by the young fiend. I'm Jessica Singh. All first ballot music is made by my main man, Rhythm J. Follow him on social at Rhythm J. I do hope you enjoy the show. If you do, message me on Twitter. Let's talk about it. Thank you so much for listening and come back next week for more first ballot.